0: Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. NEO Financial has accomplished a lot since its conception in 2019. This becomes especially apparent when compared to the hundreds year old financial institutions NEO is challenging in Canada. In the distinct and gridlock Canadian banking system, Jeff Adamson, co founder and head of partnerships, and his NEO co founders are making room for innovation and customer first service, giving traditional financial institutions a run for their money. In this episode of The Voice of Retail, I talk with Jeff about Neo Financial and the change that it's bringing to both banking and the retail space. As a former Olympic wrestler and co-founder of Skip the Dishes, Jeff shares his unique insights on what it means to build a resilient business in Canada, helping consumers and retailers alike
1: see more value for the time and treasure. On the retail side, we actually partner up with some of the leading Canadian retailers and actually work with them to kind of get into financial technology And they're able to leverage our platform to grow their sales and and to really reach their customer goals, whether that be new customers, whether that be getting their current customers to spend more. Let's listen in now. Jeff, welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? Living the dream, Michael. Thanks for having
0: me. Well, it's my pleasure. I mean, such an interesting background. An interesting space you're now in. I got lots, lots of questions. So I'm really looking forward to this. And um, let's just jump right in. Tell us about yourself and and your background
1: and, and what you do at Neo Financial. Well, I'll try to keep it uh, the abbreviated version, Michael, but uh, I grew up in a middle class family in Saskatchewan, uh, just south of Saskatoon. And I'd say for the most part, part of my life i think i identified as a as a high performance athlete i was really involved in sports mm. as a kid uh, wrestling right? you were a enough. wrestler I th- did i see wrestling was it yeah ex- exactly so yeah, i did a yeah. bunch of different ones as a as a kid and you know i was really fortunate to have parents who were who were involved and and kind of pushed me into into sports and really fell in love with uh the sport of wrestling and, and was fortunate enough to to represent canada on the kind of world stage for better mm. part of a decade and uh and uh, really uh, traveled around the world, got to see a lot of different things, got to go to a lot of different countries, and that was really where I got a lot of that exposure to businesses in different countries and kind of was able to contrast those to what was happening in Canada. Yeah. And uh, it was right after the 2012 Olympic Games, I came back to Canada, um, and that was when I, I caught up with uh, two brothers, Josh and Chris Samer and we thought... Um, Hey, maybe uh, maybe we could take a go at starting our own company, and uh, we we co-founded Skip the Dishes, and and uh, and then after Skip, we uh, kind of a lot of the same team members and co-founded Neo Financial.
0: Well, I, I want to really get into Neo Financial, but a couple of quick questions first. You um, just on yet on that personal note, you know, as a high performance athlete. Uh, what, what lessons did you kind of bring to the business world? What, what do you think was the most beneficial? Because it takes a tremendous amount of sacrifice of time um, and a lot of other things. But but do you find, would you advise anyone who has the opportunity or any way, shape, or form that you brought with you lessons from, from that experience?
1: Absolutely, Michael. You know, I, I think there are so many similarities and there are so many, we could have a whole podcast just about, Um, Mm -hmm. All the the transferable skills between high performance sport and and business. I think the biggest ones, though, would be, you know, I think in order to be good at anything, especially if your goal is to be among the best in the world, it really takes, like you mentioned, a lot of sacrifice, uh, Mm. a lot of character, but I think more than anything, a ton of resilience. And I, I think there's been some people you've had on the podcast, they talk about some of the challenges that they've had and all the times they've been knocked down and have to get up mm. that's basically i mean no one does a sport and never loses and yeah. you know i've had hundreds of losses in my in my career in my, in my <laughs> right athletic on. career and then of course and yeah. you get into any business you just get tons of of roadblocks and failures and challenges and then mm. you have to figure out okay how do you get by them and then work with the team to overcome them
0: it's so interesting. My uh, a little personal perspective. My daughter is a high performance athlete, and uh, I can oh, see sport? Uh, she's soccer. She's a, a, a great soccer player, and um, you know it's it's interesting because it taught her how to lose. Um, Absolutely, because as you say, you know you, you lose in some ways. You lose. Hopefully, you win more than you lose, but you certainly understand that there's a next, and that there's you know as you described it, resilience, and and just that kind of um, you know understanding that with. Effort comes great results. So, oh, anyway, thank you for that diversion. Now, let's talk about Skip for a second. I mean, we're, we're here to talk about Neo, but I just I can't help talking about Skip, and because I think it it for me informs me a little bit about your perspective about going in new and different paths. Talk about how you saw that coming. I mean, you certainly didn't see what's going on now with the COVID era coming, which has probably accelerated the need for things like Skip. But how did you? And your partners see that happening. Was it something you saw internationally? And and how did you get the gumption to form that kind of new thing that that you eventually you you took it to scale and 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 sold so very successful?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it was as I mentioned earlier on the the kind of traveling abroad and seeing how the things were being done in different countries. My partner, actually Josh Samara, he, he was actually working as a banker in in downtown London, uh, and that was where he kind of got. It, I think, firsthand exposure. And I had seen it as well in, in a lot of other countries, but it was really Josh that said, hey, there's all these on-demand services in a lot of these large markets. And back home, we, I think Uber maybe had just launched in Canada, maybe one city, really no on-demand services of which to speak of. And people in these cities would use them to add more time to their day. And you would, you know, on-demand Groceries, on-demand food, on-demand dry cleaning, dog walking, you name it. And yep. they were able to, to kind of save so much time and then use though, that extra time that they have to get better at whatever skill they wanted to or even just to spend time with family. Mm-hmm. And we looked back in Canada and there really wasn't a ton. I think at the time only about 5% of the restaurants in Canada offered delivery. And we thought, well, yeah, all, And they were all pizza parlors, right? <laughs> they were pizza, pizza, Chinese places. food. and yeah, yeah, and even the restaurants that did offer delivery, it was a real pain in the butt. Because it's logistics, yeah. it's a lot different. It's it's uh, it's a lot. It's like UPS trying to open up a restaurant. It's really <laughs> different skill sets. So uh, maybe UPS will maybe try try that. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know yeah I hey, hey,
0: who knows, man? Like, listen, who knows? But yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, it was that. So we saw that gap there, Michael. And I think the other piece was that Canada is really a net importer of consumer brands, hmm. and there hasn't been a lot of consumer brands that have reached a national scale in the last couple decades, you know, you've got the breakout ones like Lululemon. I mean, Blackberry was one of them. Um, but outside of that, there really just wasn't one. And we thought, well, listen, if we don't do this, someone else is going to do it. And Hmm. we already seen how they were doing it in other countries. And we thought that we were really proud Canadians. We wanted to be the ones that were going to be, uh, to, to build a brand that we thought could reach scale. And it's, uh, so we started up. It was way harder than we thought. I think that that uh, hmm. entrepreneur ignorance and you know blissful ignorance in the beginning was kind <laughs> hey, of yeah, right what on. allowed us to start. But uh, got you through, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, that was kind of the gap and the opportunity and some of the motivation as well.
0: Interesting. And and, and coming from the prairies, operating from Saskatchewan, I found you know uniformly I, my friends from Saskatchewan they're hard workers. I mean, you know the the value of of work well done. So it, it's it, I also find it interesting that you stay put. Stayed in Saskatchewan, didn't move to a you know a Vancouver or Montreal or Toronto, and then you operated it out generally out of the prairies. Was, was that an advantage for you? Do you think it gave you a clear-eyed perspective on the the rest of the nation?
1: I, I think that there's a ton of merit to you know, and I don't I don't actually think that Skip or even even Neo for that matter could exist anywhere else um, mm. because of the type of people that we were able to bring together. And you know, one of the I think the choruses that we sung quite a bit at at skip and again at neo is really putting the prairies on the map and in the prairies like listen you're going to find some of the hardest working people that you've ever met but at the same time this down-to-earth mentality that is i don't know if it's a small town thing or what it is but no one's really trying to prove that they're better than one another they really just want something that's meaningful that's going to have an impact And that they can work hard towards. And I think that's what, that's what Skip has given people when we started it up and then at Neo. It's really this idea that, Hey, we can build a multi-billion dollar brand anywhere. Um, we can, but, but we want to do that here in the prairies. We chose to do it here. And there was obviously a Mm -hmm. lot of pressure for us to go to San Francisco or Toronto or, or New York to do that because of, you know, that's kind of the narrative that people know. Interesting.
0: All right, well let's talk about Neo. What's what is it and and what's so disruptive about it and and why was that uh, that seems like a daunting task to disrupt Canada's financial uh, institutions, but uh, tell me all about it.
1: Yeah, I think to to understand Neo, you really have to take a, a step back and understand the context and to understand really how Canada is so different than than many other places in the world. Can, Canada is actually one of the only places in the world where five companies have over 90% of the banking market share. So it's just dominated by these, you know, kind of an oligarch group of companies. And whenever you have a situation where you have a couple companies dominating, generally the consumer is not the one that wins. And on top of that, Canadians pay some of the highest fees in the developed world. So, you know, if we were paying lots of fees, it would be you know, one thing. But are we getting more value out of it? And hmm. you know, we we pay some of the highest uh, fees, but we also get next to no savings rate on our deposits. There's lots of strings attached and hidden fees, and a lot of the banking system is built on this 1950s uh, coding language called Cobalt, and it's just not designed for, I'd say, the modern consumer. So what we're trying to do is really provide a a banking system that is is more fair, is more inclusive. Uh, it's more transparent. That's more modern. Um, something that people will actually enjoy using. So we really we operate um, currently uh, two products for consumers, and that is um, a next generation Mastercard that gives Canadians uh, some of the highest cash back in the country. So it really allows them to stretch their dollar and, and get more bang for their buck. Um, we also have one of the leading high-interest savings accounts with really no strings attached. So I think at the moment it's about 1.3%, you know, roughly 20, 30 times higher than uh, the big five banks. And really making it easy for people to interact with us. So it's a lot of modern tools to, to manage their money. And that really ties into a marketplace of personalized offers where the more people actually use their Neocard, the more personalized cash back they get. Hmm. So that's the consumer side, Michael. And on the the retail side, we actually partner up with some of the leading Canadian retailers and actually work with them to kind of get into financial technology and they're able to leverage our platform to grow their sales and and to really reach their customer goals, whether that be new customers, whether that be getting their current customers to spend more or even to, to retain the customers that they have.
0: Well you certainly burst onto my radar screen and onto the scene with the with your deal with Hudson's Bay and and as a former Hudson's Bay uh executive and and I know how important the credit card is to to Hudson's Bay and to retailers I actually launched a credit card at the shopping channel how how did you break through how did a basically a startup from the prairies Uh, come through and and what did what did these partners see in you what what did you offer them that was different and and tell me how you displaced their existing partner give me (laughs) give me a sense of the history of that one that's pretty interesting
1: (laughs) yeah you know well and and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak for hpc you'll have to have ian Nairn on to to share his side um but but i think that what we're hearing michael from a lot of the retailers that we're working with is that and, and this actually goes back to when we were at skip we had a lot of retailers um specifically restaurants, of course, that would come to us. And these are the big ones. These are the, Mm. some of the biggest brands in the world. And, you know, I was expecting them to actually know a lot more about their customers than we did. And a lot of the questions we were getting asked from these brands were, Hey, we want to know, we want to know what our customer's frequency is or where else are they shopping? And we want to be able to increase their loyalty and what, what share of wallet do we have with them? And, I kind of just assumed that they had this information. And what we realized was that a lot of the data that a brand would need in order to really understand their customers was trapped within the financial system. It was really out of reach for them. So part of the strategy here at Neo is really partnering up with these retailers and helping them form stronger relationships with their customers. So from day one, we didn't build Neo With the thought of partnering up with retailers like Hudson's Bay as an afterthought, we Mm. really built Neo specifically to partner up with retailers so that they can acquire new customers or build financial relationships with their customers, gain better data and understand them a lot better, grow Mm. their share of that customer's wallet. So all the integrations, all the technology that we built, all the personalization, has all been built from day one, from the ground up, completely in-house. I think we have about ninety-five percent of our technology is built in-house. Wow! Wow! And that has been built specifically for a brand like Hudson's Bay, um, who really uses their their card por- portfolio to build a deeper relationship with their customers.
0: Well, I was going to say it's interesting because you know, again, having been behind the scenes at, at Hudson's Bay a decade or two go i know how complex their payment systems are and of course it's mission critical um and it's interesting to hear you talk about building from the ground up integration with their systems mm-hmm. and and it's not just hudson Bay, of course every, every retailer has complex pos systems is, yeah. is that a strength is that a strength for you because i'm i'm so intrigued by the fact that they would uh choose someone who wasn't built on a common platform for example like riding on the rails of something else mm-hmm. tell me a about about that, that.
1: Well, I mean, the nice thing is that, I mean, we're on the MasterCard rails. So virtually Mm, every retailer is also on those rails. So that makes kind of getting going with a retailer very, very easy. Um, Now, when you want to get into deeper integrations, um, that's actually a real strength of ours because, I mean, half Mm. of our company, we've got over 450 employees. Virtually half of that is engineers, product Mm. designers. Um, There's not many financial uh, institutions or fintechs that are in this space that are really composed the same way we are. Hmm. And if you look at a company like take Plaid, for example, one of the reasons why Plaid is actually so difficult to compete with is that they've scaled the long tail of all these banking integrations. They've integrated with so many banks globally. And that is really our strength as well, is that we're able to integrate quite quickly uh, with very little work needed from the retail side and and then start kind of pulling back the layers and figuring out okay hey how can we actually drive a higher share of wallet from your customers mm. how are we able to leverage you know out of store spend to really create more value for the consumer because ultimately that that's really what most consumers want is they want to be able to engage with the brand but they want to get more value and by understanding yeah
0: it's about relevance from the I, I used to have these long discussions about the communications and we tried uh, we had pretty good you know back at hbc when we had hbc rewards we had millions and yeah. millions of members and so we thought the cross-pollinization cross-shop cross-sell yeah. um, but it was really how do we make the message more relevant and relevance means generally success right
1: talk to me about something that's re- re- that's relevant to me right well and that financial data michael is so informative in understanding the motivations of a, of a person and I think that's really what has been a struggle for a lot of retailers is that this data has always been kind of out of reach for them. Hmm. And it's always been difficult to use and to access and leverage. And, you know, the Bay, among many other retailers, they don't want data for the sake of data. They want to be able to leverage this yeah, Yeah, and and actually have a great conversation with their customers and be relevant, create value, and and really have a a position when it Hmm. comes to a payment strategy, which a lot of retailers in Canada are are just starting to wake up to because they've seen the success of of Loblaws and Triangle. and Walmart Mm -hmm. has really reinvented their program. Um, And so we're we're really making it easy for everyone else here in Canada to get in on that action.
0: Mm. So it it basically provides the insights that uh, for example some retailers get from third party coalition programs uh, put together right i mean cuz you can get that kind of data with a second license plate so to speak at the transaction level right but one and done
1: is is pretty pretty seamless yeah yeah and it, well even even just think for a moment michael about the the moment the transaction occurs at any retailer it really is this transfer of value away from wherever you're spending your money to whatever points program that you're a member of so let's just say that you have an air miles card for example if you go and spend money at your favorite local grocery store the the interchange fees that those retailers are getting charged is getting converted into a currency that generally speaking can't be redeemed back at the store you purchased at so as that retailer that moment that transaction occurred was really a value transfer away from them to someone else and not even really to the consumer because it gets converted into generally a currency that can't be used as cash. So I think there is really, I think people are waking up to this now. And that's why more and more retailers are contacting us and saying, hey, Jeff, like how can we actually create a payment strategy? And that and we mm-hmm. that's where we really start getting involved and in helping them out.
0: Well, you, you said the magic word uh, or some kind of word, fees, certainly uh, prominent on the minds of retailers, even pre pandemic in the before time was was mm-hmm. fees that uh, they had to pay for credit card and and uh, it's certainly now even more so with the great acceleration more e-commerce means you know more uh, as well more cashless transactions so uh, what role does does neo play it's a huge issue is there a solution that you have for retailers that that can help them manage their fees and the complexity of of cards
1: I mean, I think if I were a, a retailer, I would also be upset at having to pay out, you know, potentially millions and millions of dollars in in credit card fees and really not getting any value in return for that, um, not getting any data to better understand your customers and their behaviors and motivations. So I, I actually very understandably Hmm. Uh, I'd say empathize with a lot of the retailers as at Skip the Dishes, we paid millions of dollars in credit card fees and fraud chargebacks. And, yeah. um, and and I think that the frustration is over the fact that no one wants to be paying for something where they don't really get any value back. And the I, I think credit cards have become commoditized for the most part. They're very undifferentiated aside from a different loyalty program attached to it. But The card acceptance, it's virtually universal at this point. So it really comes down to, you know, is there a way of avoiding the fees? I mean, that, that I don't know. It comes down to how do you get more value out of the fees that you're paying? And for us, we're able to use that transaction to power personalized marketing for brands. We're able to use it to, uh, give data back to the brands that we work with, um, and so if you think about it from a, from a customer perspective, if you're a NEO cardholder, the more they use Neo, the more personalized offers that they get. And those offers are, are generated uh, in us partnering up with these retail brands. And the retail brands are happy because they're able to generate incremental sales that come from all the cardholder spend. And the cardholders are happy because they're getting four or five percent cash back that mm. they otherwise wouldn't have gotten before. So it's really creating that that win win relationship between the customer and the retailer that is really powered on the the credit card rails. Um, and and again, like we we really work with small businesses. We work with about five thousand brands across Canada from coast to coast. Some of them are mom and pop shops, local grocery mm-hmm. stores. Some of them are as large as Hudson's Bay or even larger. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, this is a common problem. I think that we're solving this pain point that we're solving across. The whole spectrum, across all retail categories—grocery, gas, uh, you know, alcohol sales, uh, retail, clothing—as well as small local brands, and all the way up to to uh, Hudson's Bay.
0: Well, you've accomplished a lot in uh, not a lot of time, relative to this—you know—the hundreds of hundreds-year-old financial institutions. What, what's next? Um, you know, it's a funny question for such an organization who's already fast-paced and and uh making big moves international you you mentioned earlier on where and how you made decisions about where to be based and what's next
1: what's next for you? so i think for us you know we want to fix the relationship that that canadians have with their money we want to include retailers more into the financial relationship with customers and, and really mm. cut them into the system um you know heading into the pandemic, Michael, close to, I think it was over 50% actually of Canadians were actually in a state of debt hopelessness. You know, they were actually had given up on on servicing their debts. And at the same time, the big five Canadian banks, I think have almost doubled their profits um, year over year um, during that same period of time. So we really want to bring some balance back to this system. And so we've got four hundred and fifty folks here in our in our Calgary office we just announced uh, we're hiring three hundred people in our Winnipeg office mm-hmm. um, and we really want to become a one-stop shop for really any f- type of financial service that a, a Canadian would want and to really help retailers build these stronger relationships with their customers to grow their own sales um, by by using the the type of fin uh, financial technology that we've created and, you know it's it's very early days I, I, you're saying like yeah. we've done done a lot i mean it it feels like just <laughs> yesterday it was just you know me and a couple of other people here working on this yeah but uh you know it it's a pretty ambitious goal but um we're we're fortunate that we've got such a great team that we're doing it with and we're we're excited that um, that we are on this journey with a lot of great brands as well
0: well you 've got the pedigree of of uh, cracking the code with skip, so uh, you certainly 've got success uh, in the in the DNA I would say um, where do we uh, Where can listeners go to learn a bit more and, or get in touch with you if they want to learn a bit more either mostly as a as a retailer but perhaps even as a as a consumer themselves
1: yeah, so if I was a i mean a consumer or even a retailer i would I would go to neofinancial.com uh, and check us out there we've got We've got some information. Um, I would also follow us on Instagram as well. We, we actually do, we create a ton of beautiful content with a lot of the mm-hmm. brands that we partner with. We've got a in-house studio, so we'll send crews out and we'll, we'll kind of shoot, uh, beautiful video, um, still photography. And we feature that in our, on our Instagram. And, and so there's also, um, a blog as well for Canadians who are looking for more information about just how to, how to better manage their, their wealth, so it's it's really those are the places that I would go and and again just if you have any questions we've got um, a form you can fill out and and learn a little bit more.
0: Well, fantastic. Uh, and you surprised me there. Instagram wasn't what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I do hear that a lot from retailers, but I don't hear I don't hear much that from financial institutions. So that's Are you uh,
1: are you on Instagram, cool. Michael?
0: I I am on Instagram, so I'm going to have to follow you and uh <laughs> I'll, I'll I, say
1: that uh, Neo Financial's Instagram is a lot more eventful than mine. Um, I don't know about yours, though, Michael. Maybe yours is really, really exciting.
0: Well, it's I, you know, it's pretty exciting. I, I I'd like it to be a bit more. It's a, it's getting more exciting now that I can get out and start shopping willfully more because right now it's a bunch of pictures of people that I interview, which of course is exciting. But I'd love to get out and, a
1: lot of food photos too, Michael. A lot of food photos, yeah, yeah.
0: I got a lot of food photos, and uh, more to come. Since I'm starting a barbecue YouTube channel, there's a little, there's a little preview for me. it's true. Last request barbecue launching later this week. There's Tell me a, you're
1: grilling with charcoal.
0: I've got five different grills, and I grill five <laughs> different ways. So uh, you know. I had to justify all that hardware somehow.
1: Uh, anyway, Next time, next time at I'm at east, I'm coming over. Just, uh, I'm, I'm inviting myself over right now, Michael. So, Fantastic. Um. I love guests. I love guests.
0: All right, listen, uh, it's all enough about me. Uh, thanks uh, so much for joining me on the Voice of Retail podcast. Hey. Great, uh, yeah. great to hear the story and, and exciting. And, and uh, wish you continued success and, and uh, look forward
1: to uh, meeting you in person soon. Yeah, and Michael, I mean, thanks for doing this, too. I think giving retailers a voice, I think, is, is important before. I think it's even more important now. I mean, consumer brands have such an important impact on the, the cultural fabric of Canada. And I think what you're doing is really important. And I'm really grateful to, to be on here with you.
0: Well, thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Voice of Retail. Be sure and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news, and insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe, have a great week.